Welcome to Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, we have a great guest, Alexander Blanc, who is the Director of Security at Adware. A writer, does a lot of posting and circulation for, for risk in cyber, and was awarded uh, top 20 best cyber communicators in 2019 by the European Risk Policy Institute in Belgium. Alexander, welcome today. Thanks for joining. Hi, happy to join. <laughs> yep, so nice. you, go ahead. Uh, nice to meet you, finally. <laughs> Definitely. So you are in Canada. And, That's right, uh, to Montreal. Montreal, and uh, tell us about your, your background and what you see, you know, how you got to where you're at in, uh, with, with what you do. Well, I do manage the security for my organization, but I have a background of um, IT system administration and network administration, kind of doing it like connected systems since the 90s. And I've been growing my security side and paranoid side <laughs> along with the growth of the threats. As you can guess, I got my first servers hacked <laughs> back then and I did learn my lessons and somehow, you know, the market moved towards cybersecurity more in the last 10 years and my own career path kind of followed that path too. So I was like IT director, managing IT infrastructure and securing it. And, you know, in the last five years, I kind of really focused on security side mainly, kind of became a patient of something. <laughs> So tell us about Adware. What is it that Adware does? Oh, it's a software development company. It's part of a bigger group called Avanquest. Mm -hmm. And it's mainly software development and added value. Uh, you know, they have ch distribution channel for software and, um, and tools. So I did join them in November. Uh, I left my previous job uh, after eight years and a half uh, because it was really IT focused. I was driving a team and infrastructure and I really wanted to focus more on cybersecurity. So it came as an opportunity. It was not planned and we made kind of randomly. They had a need and I was actually matching the need. So I've been really lucky and them too. And uh, it's getting very well along for now. And uh, yeah, so the good point is that I faced the challenge of having to develop a security culture from the ground. Mm -hmm. There was no CISO in place or uh, yet security best practices in place. So it's kind of a huge challenge. Especially, this is the organization is made of many business units that work kind of independently, like micro companies in a big group. Mm -hmm. So this is something quite unusual. I was used to, you know, top-down hierarchy, like top management, give recommendation, and you apply organization-wide. In this situation, it's kind of a bit more challenging because each group is used to work independently. 
and I have to get them aligned on the security and uh, risk posture. So that's kind of a challenge. And that's mostly, so before I heard you did IT, and then with this, it's like software developing and developing software groups and the, the strategy around developing security from the ground up in your application development. Yeah, there, there is one side, which is yeah, uh, um, security by design in the software development process. And there is also protecting the infrastructure from a network and infrastructure standpoint, both on-premise and cloud-based. So basically, you know, auditing, uh, intrusion detection, and the whole scope of security of the organization, basically. Okay. So was this the first time you got into, so you know, the development side from IT side with this job? I actually, no. The previous job was also a software development company. It was more on um, software engineering. So it was like more industrial based. And this time it's more like um, B2C. So basically software targeting like end users. Mm -hmm. But in the end, the core work is kind of the same. You know, there is a development cycle. Uh, quick now, this is all agile stuff with the, they follow the, the, the loops of the development cycle. And I tried to put the security side of thing in between. <laughs> so on the, on, the, on the development side. All right. And, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, we'll be right back. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier on today with our guest, Alexandra Blanc, uh, and from Canada. So we get a couple people on from Canada occasionally in Montreal, and I uh, love going up there uh, for trips. I've been up there for a couple conferences, uh, work with some clients and whatnot. But um, the uh, curious to know your, you know, get your take on, have you always been in Canada or have you worked in the States or abroad? So I was French before moving to Canada in 2011. So, and so a little bit of French accent in the background. You can say, bonjour, ça va bien. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, and I did settle down in 2011. I got my uh, previous job there, mm -hmm. uh, where I did stay eight years, we spoke before. And now I moved on to Otherware, Avonquest Group, to manage the security exclusively. And uh, basically, the thing I do is more that I'm, I'm really passionate about the threat landscape evolution. And the, the risk that is uh, exposed um, on our infrastructure. So what I do, I do a lot of market monitoring and uh, I publish a lot on LinkedIn. You, you spoke about that a little bit, mm -hmm. all the threat. And, uh, and the way I took it was first, I tried to give, you know, what are the threats? What are the fixes? If there is a patch release that you should patch it. But I also take um, a bit, you know, I've been accused of doing some FUD, you know, like fear uh, stuff. But it seems that this kind of needed when we see the amount of leaks and, and breaches that happen all around the place. Um, I don't see any way uh, than doing a little bit um, 
scaring a little bit people and uh, organization about the risk they have facing this, especially with the latest regulation change, because mm -hmm. there is a risk on the brand, there is a risk for the data, and there is a financial risk as well. So the approach I take is like, I share all I know, all I see as a opportunity for awareness. I get a lot of insight from my peers on the social networks, mm -hmm. on LinkedIn mainly, getting you know advice on their position and that how to address the risk and the evolution of technology as well. You know, everybody's moving to cloud. Uh, we were used to on-prem. I, I was a lot of on-prem guy. I, I'm not a super cloud guy yet because of self, you know, I, I'm not really convinced this is the full right approach for everything. It, mm -hmm. It's good for, for some, you know, you do a podcast, you cannot do it without the cloud because you need bandwidth, you need to stream it. So obviously you need it. But if you host sensitive documentation or military stuff or confidential stuff, this advanced research, sometimes it's quite of a challenge to secure everything. So my point in this share is that I show what goes wrong in the hope that people and especially decision makers wonder if they do it right when they start a new project. Mm -hmm. Basically, my goal as decision maker, big guys, see some of my posts and just have it in mind. And then when someone comes with a new project, is going to ask, hey, I saw these guys said that there is a huge risk doing that. What are you doing against that thing? And hopefully, they will take a better decision. What happened is like, I guess you and many other people, my own data got leaked in so many breaches that I had my own identity at risk being stolen because my driver license was one of the breaches and my credit application in another one. And I was like, I couldn't avoid it because that was not my infrastructure. It was like, you know, third party that stored and got breached and the data is out there and I was stuck. So I had to do something. And what I do right now, I make a lot of noise about the threat, about the risk. And the only goal into that is like, people should be aware. So they, less share, they, they, they share less information. The less you share, the safer you are. You know, just what you need to share. And for organization that actually handle PII, personal information, and all these sensitive data, to focus just slightly more on the cybersecurity side of thing and the audit, apply the best practices. So we get less leaks all around and everybody's gonna be more happy, safer, and have a better life. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. so, so from your work in software development, um, you know, you look at the risks, things that they got, is there a good approach to making things from the ground up that are secure? And tell us what your what your thoughts are that you would recommend people to, yeah. to look at. Yeah, yeah, so the trend is what we try to get is security by design, which means when you have a new project, you have to speak about security and best practices, both in code development and infrastructure design to consider the old security approach rather than just you know agreeing with a proof of concept and just saying no security is going to is going to happen later we'll see if it works mm -hmm. sadly right now we face time to market competition and people want to get the product you know distributed release as soon as possible and usually this is doping the security side of things so right now i hope that we get to focus on this get best practices on coding you know ar management coding securization encryption using the right protocols encrypted storage, encrypted transport, and proper audit on all the steps. So as we get proper control over the data, and then uh, this included in the whole life cycle of the software development. Mm -hmm. 
and I know it's a burden because we realize and I realize that involving the security in the whole development cycle is kind of slowing down things. I mean, there is a overhead on doing so. But I think in the long run, it's going to pay by itself, given how a brand could be affected if you have a breach in your products. And if you know, third party data is involved into that, it's going to be more expensive to catch up with that than actually having been designing the security by design. You know, it, it, it's interesting that you, you, uh, you brought that up because if when, I, when I think about, and I've been working with a lot of startups and you know, new designs and stuff, and it, usually it's not the same people that do the design that end up having the breach later. Because what happens is we get this, this, this flow of entrepreneurs rushing something to market, being, you know, cutting edge, ingenuitive, making great ideas, get a company, get an app that works, sell it to a big company. And now it's somebody else's problem on the blow up and add security and what happens when you know 10,000 records or a million records are stolen because they just bought an application that had good features. Um, right. do you, I mean, when you don't, if you don't have control from cradle to grave on development, how do you make that work? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tricky part. And when a big company usually buy a smaller one, which is innovation, so there is a due diligence process that usually involves card audit, annual validation. And there is a risk assessment that is done on the product and we'll have a risk rating that should mask, that, that should actually match the risk position of mm -hmm. the company that buys it. And sadly, one of the compensation measure in the risk assessment is the risk acceptance. It's a very valid decision to take to accept the risk if it's within the range of the acceptable risk for the organization. Now, what is changing right now, and everybody knows that CCPA, GDPR, and all the privacy regulation coming into place is going to put a lot more pressure on the due diligence process because it's getting much more expensive to fail on data protection than it was before. Mm -hmm. And you raised the point about the responsibility side of things. This is a this is a topic I raised very often, and it's kind of drawn into the cloud stuff as well. There is a liability issue between the data owner and where it is and who's responsible for things. And right now, it's kind of blurry, and we can see the legal system has tough time to catch up with it. Where when there is a breach, we don't know if it's the platform, like the cloud platform, the admin of the cloud platform, if it's an insider job, if it's actually the best practice by the customer that were not applied, or even the software development side of things, which is another actor in, in the chain usually that is involved. So right now, only the big guys get some time, you know, penalties and fees, while SMEs kind of escape in the blurry <laughs> side of things. But this is getting sorted out because SMBs are managing a lot of PII, critical information right now. And I think this is why we see all the states getting aligned with the European position on GDPR, following kind of the trend and the fees attached to the, to the failure to protect the data. And this, I see it as a good thing. Um, there is a saying in the cybersecurity world that compliance is not security. Like one of my friend, Chris Robert is always saying, the checkbox is not going to make you secure at all. And he's right. I mean, doing the checkbox, yes, I am compliant. And even if you don't do it in the background, that's even worse. 
But even if you do it, it doesn't make you, you know, on top of the best practices of the security of the infrastructure that you, you pick. So there is the compliance on the side, which is good. And now I like the fact that there are a lot of fees. So it's going to cost a lot if the data is not protected. But there is a long way to run because that's applied right now to SMBs as well. But there is still that blurry line between the responsibilities between cloud data owner and that kind of loop. And yeah. as let's take security, a break, let's yep. take a break here from our sponsors. But I want to unpack that when we get back that cloud security oh, yeah. responsibility conversation. Be right back. the new cyber frontier on today with Alexander Blanc and before the break we were talking about cloud security and uh, I heard you say earlier in the show that you're not a total buy-in yet um, that that's you know the right tool for the right job but yet there's a lot of security issues and right before the break we were talking about a lot of those and and a big one is you know who's responsible you know we have these yeah. everybody's on three or four, maybe five big cloud providers, right? right. Um, and if that provider would be would have a compromise, is it their responsibility of 100 companies' applications are compromised? Or is it the individual companies? Or is it their admin? Or is it the admin of the cloud provider or the company that did it or the design team? You know, if we can't determine where the problem is, how do we even find anybody? And you raise an amazing point about determining who's in fault. And that's one of my key issues, that lack of visibility. Mm -hmm. Like what happens in the back end? Who has access to what? That's something that, that's one of my fears with the cloud stuff. So to me, I, I was trying to keep uh, this approach, which is public cloud, public data. This is fine. You got to stream. You got to distribute big data packages. This is fine because cloud has the bandwidth, the resource. You need workloads that have no sensitive data. You have low risk. This is fine. But if you start to have to run on sensitive data, and nowadays PII like phone numbers, email address, birth dates, this is all becoming sensitive data. So I am questioning the cloud on the security side of things. And when I do that, there is like many people in the cyber field say, well, you think you're better on-prem securing your stuff or having a dedicated team of engineers which are specialized on the infrastructure side of things of the cloud. But there are two things. There is the cloud infrastructure we spoke about, the backend, you know, the management side, which is usually, usually very secure. I mean, uh, unless you have an insider job like we saw with some cloud provider lately mm -hmm. <laughs> in the past year. So this is happening. That's a risk. Uh, usually, we don't expect the infrastructure to, to fail on that side, but we expect the wrong implementation on the customer side. And this is where we have that drop of responsibility, the term and condition of the cloud services that state basically, and most of them state that the most you can get out of a failure 
is your monthly rental fee not having to be paid. So the cloud provider will never give you any data or any money back. If you fail, the best you can get is you get one month for free. Mm. <laughs> and, and when you think about that, now with all the legal framework around privacy and the huge fine that you can get, you are stuck. The, the cloud is an easy job. They don't risk anything. If you think about that, you know, you don't pay for one month. Well, what's there to lose for them? And for you as a, as a responsible person, <clears throat> that is a huge challenge. I get my uh, friend, Dennis Titoro, is working on uh, uh, auditing. You know, he, he did develop um, a continuous diagnostic and mitigation solution. He is looking into auditing the network and to him. And he's absolutely right. Everything should be audited, like ingress data connection and outgoing data connection be all audited. And that's a huge challenge on the cloud side because we can barely get access to the low level stack of the cloud stuff. This is all virtualized after all. So we run on virtual networks that are on top on existing pipes that we have no visibility. Mm -hmm. So my wonder on that side is that we have no way to know what's happening in the underlying side of things. And you know, you authenticate on a platform, you are supposed to have your own encryption certificate and the data is supposed to be encrypted. But who knows what happened on the backend? Mm -hmm. <laughs> After all, we fit it. So there is a, there is a, I mean, there are contracts that cover like, the cloud provider sometime say that they won't access your data and people should really learn and to read the term and condition because most of the time it's state that they can access your data. <laughs> and that's something I really don't like. I mean, one of my posts lately was, was about that, like getting value from the analysis of the customer data and reselling that trend that is a work resulting from the data that was already owned by the customer. But this mm -hmm. is sold by the cloud provider, you know? Yeah, we can sell you great insight of what, what you are doing and where you're going. This is super added value. Hey, boy, that's my data you're crunching. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... So people get used you know, to the little add-on value, but I think this is not okay because you should not crunch my data if I don't decide to. And that's something I don't like in the approach. So now there are many levels, cloud security, encryption management. Some are more respecting the privacy of the customer. Some are less. I'm not gonna give any brands because I don't want to lose with, mm -hmm. <laughs> but just seeing the trend of the leaks and Britain stories in the news should give a good uh, insight on that thing. So in that global landscape, it's extremely challenging to advise for a good solution. Obviously, every organization wants the flexibility. They don't want to invest in infrastructure. They want to be you know, flexible, adjust the load, be able to face the load. And that's only the cloud can get. If suddenly you have a million visitors reaching your services, you're not going to host that stuff on-prem. On you know? it, it's, it's complex. So that's more like the CDN part of thing. But this is where lay the public data. When it comes to private sensitive data, I think it should be kept aside. You should have the skills to have safe storage, redundancy, and all it takes with backups to avoid that thing. So and we, maybe we're going to speak about the, the concern in the industry. This is a question we addressed before speaking out mm -hmm. uh, about the big threats right now. So there are, and this is a new, in the news every day, ransomware leaks, breaches, which are the main you know, point I see right now as a threat. 
the large scale industrial uh, impact due to the over connectivity of I IoT and this real Internet of Things and um, lack of security by design. All of this being threatened as well by the transnational criminal organization, basically criminalization, criminal organization groups and state-backed hacking. Right now we have a, a conflict, you know, between the China and US and it's all going all year long, you know, it's always balancing, it's up and down. And this is triggering a lot of attacks. So we are in the middle of this battlefield. An organization should be ready for everything. You know, we need to be bulletproof, but there is nothing bulletproof. Mm -hmm. So when compensation measure and a risk assessment, and we spoke about risk acceptance. So we saw so many states taken down hospitals by ransomware. And the latest trend on that is that ransomware is no longer just a ransomware. It's first, it's still all your data then you encrypt your data, and then you have to pay to decrypt, and then you have to pay not for the data to be released. <laughs> and anyway, it gets released in the end. So you should better take action before you get hit. So there are measures that we can take against this, and it's, um, it's a cultural change in the organization. I'm thinking about network segmentation. Mm -hmm. And this is just the infrastructure design, the way you lay out your, your, your organization. Before all those threats, it was fine to have every machine on the same network, flat network, and there's no assessment, no governance. Right now, today, if one laptop gets it with a ransomware, it's going to spread all around your infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And even if you have remote workers, like I'm at home right now, and even if my machine is hit, there is a lot of chances that it's going to reach one of the corporate storage and someone else is going to access it, it's going to be infected as well. So the risk of spreading is there. And the way to isolate that thing is actually to segment the networks by risk assessment. Basically, you have like, you know, marketing staff, they work with public data, low risk, they should have backup and et cetera, but these guys should not be on the same subnet as the engineering department, which handle like highly sensitive information, like, you know, uh, source code of your application, which is the, the core value of your business. So, so when, I, when we look at all those things and it's like, this is why I see people just go into the cloud because somebody else is taking care of all those things for me. And wrong, they probably in, 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 in the assessment of the person going to the cloud, they're probably doing a better job because they have a full-time job doing that, or at least people full-time doing that. And I'm busy running my business. Yeah. And that's what the, the that's the story. The marketing of the cloud is telling you. But fact is, when you go to the cloud, you have to manage it. It's the same thing as on-prem. So you did need skilled people on-prem. Okay, they need more skill because they had to fix the hardware stuff and the wiring. But you need it anyway because you have to connect to, to the network. But you have all this then, list of settings you have to do. And somebody has yeah. to know a thousand different settings or else somebody's walking in through the back door. Yeah, that's right. So and in, you have to set it up right. And the thing with the cloud is also you do not control the way it evolves. So the change management, which was before part of your business, you had, you know, mm -hmm. workflows, change management, you will not update an infrastructure without letting the teams know. When you go to the cloud, this is not a timeline you control anymore. When there are updates on the infrastructure, this is the cloud provider. So you have to adjust. You get a notification and in three months, that service is going to die. 
you have to migrate to pop, 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 pop. Mm -hmm. And so you have resources to assign while you already have tight deadlines, but you have to refocus because the offer, the, the solution you had is going to evolve. This is not happening every day, but this is happening as well. And when this is happening, you know how it goes. This is a rush because you are late on the project. And people that should have been trained on how to set it up right do not have time to do it. Mm -hmm. So they should have the training first, how to secure, how to do the best practices, and get it done as well. So, so that's something see, I try to share as well. Yeah. Do you see that um, over the next you know, amount of time, people are going to shift away from cloud? Are people getting this message or is it still diving in whether, you know, full speed ahead? I think it's going to be an evolution. I don't see, you know, going back to what it was, but I see kind of an evolution toward like private cloud, more dedicated stuff. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's all unified as a big single point of failure where everybody's blind to what happened in the back end. So I see an evolution where we saw one of the big, uh, I think it was Oracle, uh, they do offer now on-prem cloud, private cloud. So you can have actually your cloud on-prem mm -hmm. and you manage and you control. And when you do that, you control the lower hand, you know, layer three, the connectivity side of the network, and you can audit everything. So this is something that is really missing when you use the cloud or the cloud that is somewhere else. Um, because like one of my friends say that it's like putting your data on your neighbor's computer. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's happening below. That, that, I like this picture because yeah. it's not yours, you know. Yeah. So I think there's going to be an in-between where we're going to have like, you know, dedicated cloud with services, but in which you're going to be able to audit up to the lowest level. Mm -hmm. Right now, no one, neither you, neither high, can go in a data center of Azure or AWS. We will never see what the hell is happening in the back end. We can't go. It's like secured, you know, but it's mm -hmm. also blindly secured. <laughs> so we don't know. And because they uh, they have access to it. Yes, yes, that's right. So from a legal perspective, like, you know, you have a contract that state that they will not do that, 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 that. But every day we see in the news events happening that actually show that the contract might not be enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that has been compensated by cyber incidents you know, risk covering and you get money if you get the ransomware, if you get a breach. But we kind of reach a limitation now because the threat is growing so fast that insurance are not able to face and the cost is rising. So mm -hmm. at some point, the curve are going to cross where cloud plus insurance, it's going to be much more expensive than having your own team and your own stuff. Interesting, interesting thought. So, but yeah, it's a long run. Uh -huh. And obviously, the cloud provider are not going to give up on the amount of money this is bringing. So we're going to I'm hopeful that we're going to see a right evolution, granting back ownership and control to the customer. Interesting. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'd love to see. Yep. And I think I'm with you on that one. Kind of uh, in wrapping up, we're kind of getting to the end of our time here. Anything you'd like to get out to our listeners about how to follow you, how to get in touch with things you're doing? Um, uh, services you offer, go ahead and do so. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Alexandre Blanc, B-L-A-N-C. Uh, you will see me uh, screaming against the cloud all the time. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fairly known for this cloud equal leak. 
uh-huh. and connected equal hacked. So this, the, on LinkedIn, you will not miss miss it. Like people will be cite me on that. And the whole point I want I want just to specify that I don't hate the cloud. I grew with it, but I don't like the way it went and what we just explained in this whole uh, discussion. So I'm gonna continue to shame the cloud and complain about it until we get a decent solution and something that is aligned and respecting privacy when our data remain our data. I mean, that, that's that's the, the approach. And if people have something to do right now for themselves, make sure you use different password on each and every account. That That's a key stuff. Make sure you enable multi-factor authentication mm-hmm. because even my I have a, an iPad for the kids and just tonight I got an SMS saying, your uh, second factor authentication is, uh, that's the key. But I didn't type the password. So I know that password is gone. Someone used it. And they've been stopped by the second factor. So we'd have to reset that password, put something else. So if people do that, it's going to avoid a lot of issues. It's not going to be bulletproof, as we say, because it's always easy to pay an insider's people to get what you need. Mm-hmm. But this is not happening on you and me. I mean, for high-value targets, it may happen. For you and me, we have nothing much, you know, uh, that deserve to pay someone to access our data. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thanks for being on today. I have you back because I like to hear from opponents of cloud. And it's oh. definitely something that's, that you'll find me writing on, I wrote on years ago is, um, you know, what is going to become of this animal where we have no insight in the back end and we're just taking somebody's word for it, some big company. And we've all learned to just trust those four or five big companies. But uh, I definitely agree with you on that one. So I, I'm, I'm really happy because this is unusual to have people publicly admitting it. I have a slight group of people that really fight for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to reach more people and they realize, I mean, everybody is still going to be free to use it. But you have to be aware. Yeah. All right. Well, let, we're going to go for now and we'll definitely have you back on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert. Just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.